Is there a potential middle six trade piece in Anaheim? Plus, we compare former Stanley Cup champion to a Norris Trophy candidate's defensive partner to see who would be the best fit in Edmonton. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, we're going to start off with a little bit of a defensive battle between trade pieces who the Edmonton Oilers may be interested in. One is a former Stanley Cup champion, the other is a D-partner of a current Norris Trophy candidate. Those are your hints for the first part of today's episode. That'll be coming up in just a second. But also on today's episode, Adam Henrique. Is he realistic for the Edmonton Oilers? And could he be affordable for the middle six for the Oilers? We will talk about that a little later on. And to wrap up today's episode, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend games against the New York Rangers and the Colorado Avalanche. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started and where we are going to get started is with that little battle between defensive trade targets one of them a former stanley cup champion and the other a d partner of a, a current norris trophy candidate in nashville in roman yossi that is matthias ekholm the former stanley cup champion is a, also an edmontonian in Colton Pareko of the St. Louis Blues. The St. Louis Blues have been busting it down the last couple of weeks, trading Tarasenko, trading Nico Mikola, trading Ryan O'Reilly just last week, and Noel Achari as well. And the Edmonton Oilers should start to pick up the scraps on the St. Louis Blues. But... Is Matthias Ekholm a better option for the Edmonton Oilers? One of them is younger than the other. Pareko is younger than Ekholm. And one has a little bit more of a friendlier uh, contract. Let's start off with Colton Pareko, who in 53 games so far this year, three goals, 16 assists, 19 points. And his underlying stats, as he has been playing on a pretty poor St. Louis Blues aren't that friendly, and especially when you put them up against Edmonton Oilers numbers, they're not fantastic. His goal is 4 per 60 minutes at 5 on 5, sits at a 1.95, which would be 21st on the Edmonton Oilers, shockingly above Yesipoli Arby. His goals against per 60 minutes at 5 on 5 is at a respectable 2.91 but that would put him at 20th on the Edmonton Oilers, and his expected goals against per 60 minutes isn't much better. It sits at a 2.76, which would put him 22nd 
on the Oilers. Now, you can also preface that with saying, oh, the St. Louis Blues aren't that great of a team, especially at, well, maybe not so much at 5-on-5, but still, the Edmonton Oilers, who have been very, very noted, I guess would be a word to use, who haven't been great at 5-on-5 to be having those type of numbers, not very impressive. But... On the flip side, Pareko does play on the penalty kill, and his penalty kill numbers would put him third on the team in goals against per 60 minutes at a 6.27, only behind Tyler Yamamoto and Evander Kane. So he would become the Edmonton Oilers' best uh, penalty killer at, at the defensive position, or he would be the best defenseman on the penalty kill for the Edmonton Oilers. Not sure what that says for the Oilers, considering they've had a considerably bad shorthanded uh, unit this year, but either way, let's move on to some of those more advanced stats. Some of those uh, player card numbers that uh, we were talking about the last couple of weeks with The Athletic. Great, great, great resource to see where some of these players stand amongst the rest of the league. And when it comes to Colton Pareko, those offensive numbers aren't very impressive. Goals, 35th percentile. Assists, 66th percentile. Points in the 59th percentile. Fair enough, he's not that type of defenseman. Then you get into the uh, differentials, the defensive differential and the GSVA, which is basically the wins above replacement in baseball or in uh, hockey terms. His defensive differential sits in the 37th percentile, which is not great. He sits at minus 4.1 and is on pace for minus 5.4. His uh, GSVA, or the wins above replacement in baseball terms, sits at 0.5, or could reach up to negative 0.5, which sits in the 25th percentile. He is not winning any games for the St. Louis Blues, which is saying something considering the St. Louis Blues aren't winning a lot of hockey games, all things considered. And with that being said, he is also getting the 79th percentile, so better than 21% of the NHL when it comes to ice time. He averages 23.2 minutes per game and is on pace for a 21.3. Where Matthias Ekholm, on the other hand, who in 54 games has 5 goals, 13 assists, 18 points, so 1 point less, 2 goals more, would sit 21st on the Edmonton Oilers when it comes to goals 4 per 60 minutes at 5-on-5, which would put him 21st, which would be the exact same as Colton Pareko, who has been known for his offensive prowess. And then his goals against per 60 minutes at 5-on-5 would be 7th on the Oilers compared to Pareko's 20th, He would be even with Philip Broberg right now. He would be 12th in expected goals against per 60 minutes. And his goals against per 60 minutes shorthanded would also put him third at a 6.25. Better than Colton Pareko, 6.27, which is a difference of 0.02. 
fair enough. But still, better is better. Then it goes to his advanced stats with the player card, and they are even better. 71st percentile when it comes to goals, 54th percentile when it comes to assists, which is below the 66th percentile that Pareko is in, but he is in the 59th percentile when it comes to points, the exact same as Colton Pareko. But then his expected goal sits in the 82nd percentile, and his defensive differential sits in the 85th percentile at an 11.1. Pareko sits at a minus 4.1. Matias Ekholm is also in the 76th percentile when it comes to GSVA or that wins above replacement, winning the Nashville Predators an average 1.0 games this season and is on pace for one and a half games season, this season. He is also in the 82nd percentile when it comes to ice time. So when he is on the ice, he is productive. Matias Ekholm is not only the more valuable defenseman than Colton Pareko, but he is an easier add for the Edmonton Oilers. Colton Pareko is currently making uh, $6.5 million a year. He signed an eight-year, $52 million contract with a no-trade clause that turns into a modified no-trade clause in 2028-2029. Matias Ekholm is currently on a four-year, $25 million deal. It sits at a $6.25 million AAV, which is difficult when it comes to eating or eating that in a trade. So could the Oilers ask for retention, get a third team, maybe? But he is currently playing at a, a market value of $5.9 million, and Colton Prego is playing at a league minimum market value. It is also the first year in both of those contracts. Which one would you rather pay if you were the Edmonton Oilers? Would you rather Colton Pareko or Matias Ekholm? You let me know in the comments below. Let's move on to the forwards and a possible addition for the Edmonton Oilers from another Pacific division. That being in the form of Adam Henrique. We will talk about that in just a second, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started using AG1 because I wanted to better my gut health, optimize my immune system, and I wanted to do so without using so many different pills. And that is exactly what I get with AG1. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. All of the things. All while still being lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it is all good for you. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, all while still tasting great. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. You are investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 
five-star reviews, and is recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Alrighty, let's talk a little more trade talk, shall we? How about a little Adam Henrique for your action? Today, Oilers Nation chatted a little about uh, Adam Henrique, and it forced my hand a little bit, as Adam Henrique has been a player that I've kind of silently been side-eyeing for the Anaheim Ducks for the last uh, couple of weeks here now, and wondering if he would be a nice fit for the Edmonton Oilers. Currently, Adam Henrique may Makes a $5.825 million uh, AAV as a modified no trade clause up until 2023 2024. That is his deal. Could Adam Henrique wave his no trade clause to play for the Oilers? My intuition makes me feel that anything to get out of that Anaheim situation, he would say yes. And also, the other thing is, is he's Canadian. And he would also play for Connor Mc or play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Now, Adam Henrique was initially acquired by the Anaheim Ducks for Sammy Vatnin a couple of years ago. I, weirdly enough, initially that trade seemed like Sammy Vatnin was the more valuable trade piece, and now one plays in Switzerland and one is being talked about at this year's NHL trade deadline. So. Hmm. You know, you let things breathe. But so far this year, Adam Henrique is having a fantastic season for a very bad Anaheim Ducks team. And he's doing so with a that team being bad, but doing so rather relatively under the radar. Uh, 56 games played for Henrique, 19 goals, 16 assists. 33 points, and his advanced stats would be very, very favorable when he comes to the Oilers, or if it comes to the Oilers, I should say, or when it comes to the Oilers. His goal is four per 60 minutes at five on five, sits at a 2.56, which would put him 13th on the Edmonton Oilers, actually above Evander Kane, uh, Ryan McLeod, and Dylan Holloway. And his goals against per 60 minutes, while being on a bad team, is sub three at a 2.9 which would put him in 20th but he is a very solid uh, defensive player his expected goals against per 60 minutes at 5 on 5 currently sits at a 3.17 so that tells you how much he's really 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 playing out or balling out in his own end when it comes to that uh, goals against because that could be so much worse 
compared to what it actually is currently sitting at a at a 2.9 sub three on a bad team he is really putting in work in his own end and seeing that type of hustle is very important and at that in that same breath he's also a player who can play on the penalty kill he's sitting at an 8.47 goals against per 60 uh, on this season with the Anaheim Ducks which would actually put him in eighth on the Edmonton Oilers not too bad and again considering the Anaheim Ducks uh, penalty kill sits like last in the NHL very impressive then it comes to again we love talking about those advanced stats and those player cards with uh, the the athletic and these numbers for Adam Henrique are unbelievable. I cannot believe what he is currently putting up. His ice time currently sits in the 88th percentile. His goal sits also in the 88th percentile with the potential to get up to 29 goals this year. This guy could be almost a 30 goal scorer this year on a bad Anaheim Ducks team. His assist sits at the 53rd percentile, which could get up to 24, and his points in the 72nd percentile, which could get up to 53. Those are numbers of a guy who would be traded to the Oilers, or if he was traded to the Oilers, would be playing in the middle six, maybe in on the second line, but certainly on that third line. Now, we'll talk about some potential lineups for the Oilers with him in the lineup, but that's saying something. This isn't a guy who's going to be playing with Connor McDavid or always with Leon Dreisaitl. He may slip onto the wing or play some time with Leon Dreisaitl, but chances are he probably isn't going to get too much time with 29 or 97 and still being that productive while playing with guys like Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogle, Clean Costin, uh, Kyler Yamamoto, you can go on. That's very important for the Oilers to have in their lineup. You see it with Ryan Nugent Hopkins now. You can have another guy like that in your lineup with Adam Henrique. Now let's talk about some of the uh, more important lines with that as well. Uh, his expected goals is currently sitting at 82% or in the 82nd percentile in the NHL. And his offensive differentials in the 63rd percentile, which on an absolutely dog water team in... Uh, uh, Anaheim, that is very impressive. It currently sits at a differential of 1.4 and could get up to 2.4. And his wins above replacement stat this year for the Anaheim Ducks, who, again, a very bad team, is at a 0.9. So he's basically won the Anaheim Ducks a full game so far this year in a season where they don't want to win games. And he also could get up to 1.4, basically win the Anaheim Ducks a game and a half this season. Again, in a season that the Anaheim Ducks do not want to be winning games, and he sits in the 66th percentile on it. That could be a very, very valuable addition for the Edmonton Oilers in their lineup. Because all of a sudden, the Edmonton Oilers lineup could look like this. First line of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Zach Hyman. Evander Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, Kyler Yamamoto. Ryan McLeod, Adam Henrique, and Warren Fogle. McLean Costin, Derek Ryan, and Matthias Yanmark. 
You then have four centers in Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Adam Henrique, who all have at least over 19 goals on the season. And I think it's safe to say that Henrique will score 20, considering he's now sitting at 19. So the Edmonton Oilers could conceivably have four centers who have at least 20 goals on the season. 20 goals. Then you add a guy like Ryan McLeod, who has been having another fant- or another fantastic year, I- I'm going to say, because at the end of the year last year, he was another top player for the Oilers. Then you have guys like Evander Kane and Zach Hyman in your lineup. Very, very impressive players, considering uh, Zach Hyman is sitting in top 10 in points and is the number one player when it comes to expected goals and expected goals at five on five. Then you have a guy like Warren Fogle, who has been playing out of his mind recently, who has two two goal games in the last, what, week? Clem Costin, who has been a revelation for the Oilers, who the Oilers got for next to nothing, with all due respect to Dmitry Samarukov. Derek Ryan, who has more goals than Jonathan Huberdeau this year. Like, the Edmonton Oilers, if they were to add Ab- Adam Henrique up front, could be the scariest team in the Pacific Division. Just by adding... Adam Henrique, in a trade that you could also get Anaheim to retain salary in. If the Edmonton Oilers were to trade Yesapuli Arvey and say a first-round pick, let's just say that as a hypothetical, for Adam Henrique and half of his contract retained, say you can get him, like uh, Oilers Nation say, at a 2 point whatever it was, $2.9 million cap it, you're getting him for cheaper than Yesapuli Arvi. And he has 19 goals this year. I, I, that's a no-brainer for me. But you can't trade for everyone. You can't trade for everyone. What is a deal that you would like? Would you like that Adam Henrique deal? Would you like that Colton Pareko deal? I know I'm not talking about Eric Carlson, but don't make that seem like I'm not fully in on Eric Carlson. Would you want the Eric Carlson deal? Would you want Chikrin? What are you looking at for the Edmonton Oilers defensively on the forward court? Heck, we haven't even talked about Patrick Kane yet. That is all so much of, or that is the, the blah, 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 blah. This is the fun of the NHL trade deadline, baby. And we shall see who the Edmonton Oilers walk away with on March 3rd. Speaking of walking away with, the Edmonton Oilers only walked away with two points this weekend. And none of them were winner points. We will talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the two games this weekend against the Rangers and the, uh, who did they play yesterday? They played the uh, Colorado Avalanche. There we go. Fun little brain fart there. Uh, We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one 
$1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to drains three. Now, speaking of the NBA, we just got through the NBA All-Star game, and now is crunch time for so many NBA teams, and I know that if you're Canadian, you're probably a Raptors fan. I, I like the Raptors. I'm a Clippers fan. Just signed Russell Westbrook, but it's not about me. It's about the Raptors, and the Raptors are coming back to a massive matchup on Thursday when the NBA comes back, and they face off against the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson. As the Tampa Bay, or the Tampa Bay, the Toronto Raptors are looking to continue their potential playoff run. They are currently the favorites in this matchup against the Pelicans. Minus 156 favorites. Where? The Pelicans are sitting at plus 132 underdogs. Now, I'm not saying to cheer against the Raptors or anything, but if you want to chase the sauce, the Pelicans are the underdogs. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance at your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Alrighty, let's move on with the good, the bad, and the ugly from the games over the weekend for the Edmonton Oilers against the New York Rangers and the Colorado Avalanche, and both ended in overtime or shootout uh, losses for the Edmonton Oilers, a 5-4 shootout loss against the New York Rangers, and a 6-5 overtime loss in Colorado to the defending champs, the Colorado Avalanche. So let's start with the good. And the good is scoring in bunches. Nine goals over the last two games for the Oilers. Four against the Rangers. Five against the Avalanche. That's good to see. The Edmonton Oilers aren't having issues with scoring goals. That is good to know. You know where the issues lie for the Oilers potentially uh, down the stretch for the Oilers. So the good over the last two games, scoring in bunches. The bad is not the defense yet. The bad is the Dylan Holloway situation. So, as most of you know, Dylan Holloway was sent down or loaned to Bakersfield for uh, this cap situation. And during his first game back with Bakersfield, and yes, I didn't even think they would be playing games, DeHarnay and Holloway. Holloway did play with the uh, Bakersfield Condors. And in the second period, Dylan Holloway took a hit and didn't return in the third period. He then missed the following game on Sunday and is now out for about a month. Why Dylan Holloway is even in this situation, I don't know. Because Ken Holland refuses, refuses to make a trade. And now your top prospect right now is dealing with another injury. Something that he desperately doesn't need and has desperately been having issues for for his entire professional career. And you put him in that situation and just yet again... 
the development of Dylan Holloway is spurred. Does this, in a way, help the Oilers with some moves and then down the line when the playoffs come, Dylan Holloway can help? Absolutely. But that was the idea last year too, wasn't it? And look how much that helped. Huh? Not much, did it? I'm very upset about the whole DeHarnay and Holloway situation. And Holloway getting injured for about a month does not help. So the bad from this weekend is the Dylan Holloway situation. And the ugly from this weekend between the New York Rangers and the Colorado games. And that is closing games. As mentioned, the Edmonton Oilers had no issue scoring. Five goals against the Avalanche. Four goals against the Rangers. In both games, they scored two three-goal leads in that game. The Oilers were up 3-0 against the Colorado Avalanche after the first period and 4-1, 4-1 against the Rangers. And in both games, those, goal, those games went to overtime. The Edmonton Oilers allowed six goals after 40 minutes of play. That means they allowed six goals in the third period or in overtime. And in one of those games, that the Oilers went to a shootout. So what does that tell you? The Edmonton Oilers had a massive issue closing games. And if you can't close games, yes, that is the New York Rangers, who are a very good team, who are in a massive run right now. If you can't close games against that team and the Colorado Avalanche who are struggling to fight for a playoff spot right now, where the Edmonton Oilers in theory aren't, but very well could be, that is a problem down the road and especially trying to close out a playoff spot, close out playoff seating, and close out a playoff game. That is not a good sign. So the good, the bad, and the ugly from this weekend, the good being scoring in bunches. Nine goals between the two games against the Colorado Avalanche and the New York Rangers. Four goals against the Rangers. Five against the Avalanche. The bad being the Dylan Holloway situation as Holloway gets injured in Bakersfield, meaning he is out for about a month, according to Jason Greger. And the ugly closing out games, blowing two three-goal leads and allowing six goals goals after 40 minutes not great for the Oilers but the Edmonton Oilers look to bounce back this week as they head out of Colorado and head back home for a face off against the Philadelphia Flyers back at Rogers Place a seven o'clock uh, seven o'clock puck drop there we go at Rogers Place against those Flyers a great game between those two earlier on last week that'll do it for me let's wrap it up there thank you so much for joining Locked On Oilers hopefully the next time we speak we will have some roster news either way if we don't we shall have a full preview of the game between the Oilers and the Flyers. Until then, have a wonderful day and play La Bamba, baby.